What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. You ever notice, it's so interesting about Paul, when he describes, as he has in certain places in the New Testament, he described what happened to him. It's like, oh man, whatever happened to him, you know, he was always, you know, stoned and you know, shipwrecked and you know, on and on. And most of the time the Jews were behind it, right? But it's very interesting because when he goes to talk about what they did to him, it's like he doesn't really mention it. It's like a, ah, it was nothing. When it comes to Jewish people, ah, it was nothing. They didn't know what they were doing. He was covering their sins. He's covering their sins. Love beareth or covereth all things. It means 1 Peter 4.8, 1 Peter 4.8, above all things have fervent love, charity among yourselves, for charity or love shall cover the multitude of sins, as in many, 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 70 times seven. And Proverbs 10.12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covereth all sins. See, people are, people are either in the business of repeating and gossiping up the sins of others, or in the business of covering and forgetting the sins of others. The cancer of bitterness, because that's what it is. It's a cancer of bitterness. It comes from repeating and gossiping up sins. Now, roof covers, by contrast, a funnel channels. See, a funnel is, is stirring up strife, is to go to people, Funneling all the gossip, all the sins, all the sins, all the gossip, you know, the juicy conversations. It means that we're either going to become a roof or we're going to become a funnel. And what's the secret to success in evangelism? Don't be a funnel. Be a roof. Be a roof. Cover the person's sins. Don't focus on the sins. A bitter person can never be an effective evangelist because he's ready to call down the wrath of God all the time. Bitterness is like a spirit. It's like a, a cloud that it just engulfs a person. It's like a spirit of destruction. Evangelism, evangelism and love, it's a cloud that engulfs a person and wants to cover their sins, cover their sins. Evangelism is like a spirit of salvation as opposed to a spirit of destruction. 
which is what the disciples, they got offended. They were mistreated. They went into the city in Samaria and they weren't received. They were, in essence, told them, leave, get out of here. And that made, a fan, that made them mad. So in Luke 9, 52, Luke 9, 52, it says, and he sent messengers before his face and they went and entered into a village of Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was though go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. The Son of Man does not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went to another village. See, when you bring the gospel to the lost, people are going to say things to you, and then they're going to do things to you that's going to be very offensive. I remember one of the reports from a West Coast Baptist college student who was bringing the gospel to a Jewish person in Los Angeles, and she wrote, today, I had the very nice experience when a Jewish lady threw the, my, my materials back into my face. Okay? I remember two students who were in Miami, and they were bringing the gospel to a lady, and, or I don't remember if it's Miami. I've covered that part. So, but anyway, someplace. And they asked them if they were thirsty, and then they brought out water and threw it in their faces. Okay? Now, that's offensive. Okay? That's the part of evangelism that happened to these disciples in this village of Samaria when they essentially were rudely kicked out. And before they were even aware of it, they had this root of bitterness that just sprang up, like it says in, in Hebrews 12, 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. See, in Hebrews 12, 12, it's saying, looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up. It describes you there and trouble you. That means that those disciples weren't on their guard. They weren't on our guard against the springing up of the root of bitterness. You know, I'm amazed at my garden how quickly a root, a weed comes up. I thought, Where did that come from? You know, it wasn't there yesterday. Where did it come from? You know, how is it able to spring up so fast? You know, and the answer is that what I couldn't see is that in the ground, there's a root. There's a root. I can't see it. There's a root. Oh, I can't see it. So I, what do I got to do? I got to watch carefully for when it first appears and then get rid of it. It's amazing how quickly you and I become so angry and just grows into this full-bloom bitterness. Why? Well, because we all get the roots inside of us. And it means as soon as the springing up of the weed happens, then quick, you know, Go get the Roundup. Spray it. Don't get Roundup. You'll get cancer. Anyway, get rid of it. Anyways, it doesn't take much of an insult or a slight or a few words just to light the flame of bitterness. And without even knowing it, we're bitter. We don't even know it. We're bitter. So, you know, we're loving someone by bringing them the gospel. They say something choice like, you hypocrite. You know, you, you look at your own life before you preach to others or whatever the something and all of a sudden, root of bitterness springs up, not even aware of it. And, and then it repeats in our minds. And it's said, see, in Proverbs 17, 9, he that covereth the transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth the matter separateth very friends. That rehearsing of it, that repeating it. What did he just say? What did he say? What did he, how did he look? What, let me go back. Oh, let me go. Okay, I got to think about That's repeating the matter. 
Repeating of a matter separated very friends. And then we just become like the disciples. We're like a funnel. Over here, Lord, over here, right here, right here, Lord. Can we have that fire just funnel right down on that person right there, if you don't mind, please. Elijah's fire, biblical, biblical, okay, right now. And let's say that we've been offended by someone, and we realize we're bitter. We realize we're caught. Okay, I want to stop. I can't. I want to stop. I can't. What do I do? I'm angry. I can't. That's where what happened in Luke 9, 55 is so important. He turned and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. The Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on to another village. Stay close to the Lord. Stay close to the Lord so that we, we realize when he turns to us and corrects us, stay close to the Lord so we can hear him when he rebukes us in Luke 9. Stay close to the Lord so we can hear him say, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of. Stay close to the Lord so he can instruct us. Look, the Son of Man, follow me. The Son of Man has not come to destroy. You see me destroying, I'm saving. And then get up and go to the laws. Get back on track. Don't let it stop you. As it says at the end of the Luke 9, 56, they went to another village. So that verse is really saying, okay, you fell into bitterness, you fell into anger, you, you, got, you're off, you, 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 you got off the track, you got off track, confess it, back up, okay, and get back on track, yeah? See, Proverbs 24, 16, Proverbs 24, 16, a just man falleth seven times and rises up again. What's that mean? Fall, confess, rise up, fall, confess, rise up, fall, confess, rise up, seven times. That man is what God calls a just man a just man. He doesn't look just. He's falling all those times. No, he's just because he's confessing and he's forgiven. He is like the publican in Luke 18, 13, Luke 18, 13, where it says the publican, the tax collector, standing afar off would not so much as lift his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And then the Lord Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. Now, justified, very important word, Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1. That's justification through humility and confession and faith that God's going to forgive. Now, to be an effective evangelist, we've got to be a roof, not a funnel. A funnel collects wrath. A funnel focuses down on the person who made us mad and angry. A roof protects that person and says, it was nothing. It was nothing. Lord, it was nothing. He was having a bad day. Don't hold it against him. Father, forgive him. He, he knew not what he was doing. He really didn't even think about it. He didn't know what he was saying. That's a roof, and it shields. A roof says, a roof speaks and says the words of Luke 23, 34, Luke 23, 34, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. They're crucifying him. They're crucifying him, and they're saying they don't know what, he, what they don't know. They don't, they've got nails. They've got hammers. They're, they're putting it through. They don't know. No, said, they don't know. They don't know. That's a protecting roof. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Noah has three sons. He's got three sons. He goes into his, Noah goes into his tent. He does something immoral. We don't want to, the Bible doesn't tell us what it is. The Bible says, God says, you don't need to know. It's just not good. And so, uh, one of the sons was a funnel, and the other two sons 
And he said, well, I gotta go in there and get a better look at this and come out and says, whoa, you gotta go see what dad's doing. The other two, they were roofs. They went in backwards, they didn't see their father and they covered him. See, Proverbs 12, 16, Proverbs 12, 16, a prudent man covereth shame. A prudent man covereth shame. James 5, 20, let him know that he which converteth a sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Hide a multitude of sins. So the first requirement for being a successful evangelist is to be a protecting stego roof. Be a roof, not a sin-collecting funnel. Love beareth all things. 1 Corinthians 13.7, love beareth all things. Love is a roof over to all things. To be a protect roof is also to pray for the salvation of the lost. Romans 10.1, Romans 10.1. Again, Romans 10 again. Romans 10.1, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. You know that that's what drove Paul? Do you know if that's what people saw when they saw Paul? Do you know why that's why he was so persuasive? Because they saw his heart's desire. It, was, it, was none, it wasn't just one, two, three, let me give it to you now. No, they saw his heart's desire. He said, what do I got? I got to become something to all men. I'll do it, that some might be saved. That's a heart's desire. What's Paul? A protecting roof. He's praying for them, 1 Corinthians 13, 7. He prayed for the very people that were constantly trying to kill him. Stephen was a protecting roof. Stephen was a protecting roof. He was a 1 Corinthians 13, 7 stego roof when he prayed for the very people who were in the process of killing him. At the very time in Acts 7.60, Acts 7.60, he kneeled down, cried with a loud voice, say, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. So first requirement to be an effective evangelist, be a roof. Be a roof that protects and covers over the lost that offend us, not focusing on, on, on getting revenge. 1 Corinthians 13.7, love beareth all things. Love is a protecting roof for all things. An evangelist is, is a protecting roof over the lost that he's bringing the gospel to. The next requirement for being a successful in evangelism is bringing the gospel to lost is the next word in 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Love believeth all things. Believeth all things. Believeth all things. Believe what things? Believe. God really wants to save this lost person because God said, 1 Timothy 2, 4, 1 Timothy 2, 4, who will have, God will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, believeth all things is to look on a lost person and say, I believe it's God's will for that lost person to be saved, and I'm gonna work toward that end. Acts 17, 30, Acts 17, 30, the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. That's a command of God. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, believe all things is to look on every lost person and believe God has commanded every lost person to repent and be saved. I'm gonna work to that end. Believeth all things is not to say, I don't really believe God wants to save that person. I was speaking of a believer one time and, and we were talking about his colleague at work. He wasn't getting along with this person. And I said, why don't you just say, I want you to be saved because I want to spend eternity with you. And he replied, because I don't want to spend eternity with them. <laughs> At least he was honest. 
<laughs> All right. So the next, the next requirement to be a successful in obeying God's command, bring the gospel to the lost, is the next word in 1 Corinthians 13, 7, hopeth. Okay? Love hopeth all things. It's hope. It's all about hope. Someone has got to hope for the lost. Someone's got to do it. God is calling us to a ministry of hope. That's strange to think about it that way, but it's true. We've got to learn the art of hoping for the lost. Prayer is an expression of hope. When Moses prayed for Israel to God, he said, don't destroy them because they made the golden calf. God wanted to destroy them. But Moses was hoping for them when he prayed in Exodus 32.30, Exodus 32.30, and it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, you've sinned a great sin. Now go up unto the Lord, peradventure, I'll make an atonement for your sin. Moses returned unto the Lord and said, oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, if not blot me, I pray thee out of thy book, which thou hast written. What Moses is saying to God is that, God, I know they've done a great sin, but they can recover. They can recover, Lord. I know they can rise up. That's hope. Those are the words of hope. We bring the gospel to a lost person. It's a good thing for us just to sit back and say, I wonder what that person would be like as a Christian. I can see him. I can see her as a Christian. I can visualize it. He's so far in darkness. Oh, I can see the happiness when he's going to come into the light. I can see it. That's what it means, 1 Corinthians 13, 7, love hopeth all things. Someone has got to have a vision for each lost person to be saved and to hope for each lost person to be saved, and God's calling us to do it. You know, someone is you. Someone is me. God calls us to this ministry of hoping for the lost to bring the gospel to 1 Corinthians 13, 7, love hopeth all things. Hopeth all things. Now, you know, the last requirement for being an effective witness to the lost is tied up in the last word. Love endureth all things. You know, that word endureth, it means hold together under pressure. Just like the word endureth that means in English, hold together under pressure. It means don't break up under the stress. Nobody here has got any stress, do they? No, no, of course not. Sorry. The greatest problem with being a loving witness for the Lord is the problem of being shocked out of love. Shocked out of love. To bring the gospel to the lost is to love them. To do what we can to stop a person from going to hell, that's real love. And by the way, we always say, oh yeah, a person going to hell, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say people go to hell. People say people are cast into hell. A little bit, lo- a little bit stronger. You know, we say unsaved. That's not unsaved. Lost. Okay, so this is how the Bible portrays us. It's not unsaved, it's lost. It's not going, it's cast into. The gospel is the only hope for a person to not be cast into hell. We hold the gospel in our hands. We hold in our hands the only hope for the lost to not be cast into hell. And for us to keep the gospel in our hands, to withhold the only hope, that's the ultimate hatred. That's the ultimate hatred. When we say to ourselves, well, we cannot just be saved ourselves. We, we cannot just enjoy being a child of God because the gospel ourselves, because we must bring this to the lost for them not to be cast into hell. That's love. That's what God is calling us to, that kind of a love. It very much is this picture of these starving lepers. 
you know, they went out of the city and, and they found out that the camp of the enemies was totally abandoned and, and they're sitting there, they're eating, they're drinking, they're hiding the gold and the silver and then all of a sudden they start to feel guilty. They said, this is no good. This is no good. They said, this is no good. They said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. We don't tell anybody else. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief is going to come upon us. Now, therefore, come, we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and they told him. These lepers are a picture of us when we heard and responded to the gospel. We were like these lepers. We left the city. We crossed over the line. Crossed over the line. Here's the line. Boy, I know what it's like to cross over the line. Okay? I crossed over the line. I'm telling you, when a Jew, I as a Jew, my family and everything, when I crossed over the line into the, the land of the Goyim, wow. It was just like those lepers who left the city. They crossed over the line, and they went into the camp of the enemy. It's exactly how the Jews view me as a traitor. And they left the camp, went into the camp of the enemy. But when the lepers did, they had a great time. They enjoyed themselves, all the gold, the silver, the eating, the drinking, and they were having such a good time. They did eat and drink. And can't you just picture those lepers? They're surrounded by all that gold and silver, and they're kicking back, and they're eating and drinking until they're stuffed. And that's a picture of us enjoying peace with God and having fellowship with God's people and learning about God and having the assurance that we're going to heaven. Like the hymn says, bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. That's what happens once you go in that door there, see? <laughs> but those lepers started to feel guilty. And then the famous words, we do not well. We do not well. In other words, they began to look at each other and they say, we're such a great condition right now for us. We couldn't want it better, but this is not good. The Bible says that they all started to say, it's like they all have this concerted bad feeling that came over them. Made it feel so bad because they started to think, what about them? What about them? How can we be feasting here and know that they're starving there? So they said, we, may, we have to go and tell and they knew that they had a responsibility to tell. They couldn't force the people in the city to come out and satisfy them. Maybe, you know, people in the city said, no, no, it's a trick. No, 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 no. Well, in fact, that's what some did say. And it's just like us. We have a responsibility to tell others to be saved from their sin. We can't force anybody to be saved. We can't force anybody to be saved. But we do not well if we do not tell. So the fourth requirement in obeying the gospel is to not give up. You know what giving up is? Giving up, say, what's the use? No one's going to believe me. Or it's not to become fatalistic. What's fatalistic? Fatalistic thinking goes like this. All oh, been predetermined. Who should be saved? Look, all the loving and praying and going and telling in the world that I can do. It can't change what's fate. Fate has predestined what's going to happen, who's going to be saved. No, is to reject that, is to endure against that. It's the 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Love endureth all things. Love presses through those temptations to give up. Love endures all things and continues to say, we do not well if we don't go and tell. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these lepers and the, and the fact that you recorded this for us Tonight, Lord, we thank you for this verse in 1 Corinthians 13, 7, which tells us, Lord, how we have to, what we must do and hold on to in order to please you 
as effective witnesses. We want to see you, and it will be worth it all, Lord, and so help us to be good witnesses to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.